and welcome to another episode of You Haven't Seen That, the podcast series where we watch the films that my co-host missed in his childhood. Uh, I'm Chris and I'm joined by aforementioned co-host Eric. Hi everybody. And uh, we've got a fun one. We're, we're jumping back into 1985 this, yes. <laughs> this week with, uh, <laughs> what are we watching Eric? Um, the Wedding Singer. Before the internet, before cell phones, before rollerblades, there was a time. Everybody on the dance floor. Very nice, Grandma Molly. When Robbie Hart was the most popular wedding singer around. You spin me right round, baby, right round, like a record, baby, right round, round, round. Until he got stood up at his own wedding. I woke up this morning and I realized I'm about to marry a wedding singer? Once again, things that could have been brought to my attention yesterday! New Line Cinema presents... Is it true that you're in the middle of a nervous breakdown? whoopity doo Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore. You're the wedding singer. How you doing? I'm Robbie. I'm Julia. In a story about finding love where you least expect it. Uh-oh. What? You like her? No, I don't. Thinking of leaving Glenn for the wedding singer? <laughs> the wedding singer. I said hip hop. I hip it to the hip to the hip hip hop. You don't stop the rock to the bang bang boom. You say up. And um, so what year was it actually made? 1998. Was that that late, was it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it, it's kind of on the like the, the cusp of the Sandler boom. The Sandler boom, yeah. yeah. Was this the, the launching pad? Yeah, like, because I think before this he'd done obviously con- some smaller roles. Yeah. And, like, uh, I think like, you know, Airheads and um, Bulletproof and stuff like that. But then... Mm. Prior to this was uh, Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore, which I think yeah. were like 95, so, 96. Yeah, because I always thought this was before those two for some reason. No, no. Yeah. Uh, Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore were both when he was still on Saturday Night Live. Oh, or, yeah. uh, Billy Madison for sure. Yeah. And then this was kind of the launching pad post SNL to... Into what he is now. Yeah, to movie star. Yes. <laughs> Maestro or yeah. something. Marketing genius. No. <laughs> I, I got a lot to say <laughs> about him later. <laughs> um, so yeah. you you grew up on this film enough? Yeah, see, when I was a kid, when this kind of came out, I, I was a huge uh, Saturday Night Live nerd, and that was yeah. kind of my cast when I first discovered this show, yep. when I was in kind of my, um you know probably yeah like 10 12 years old yeah it was the cast with you know phil hartman mike myers dana carvey chris farley david spade sandler all of those people yeah and so i was like really dialed in on sandler and all of those guys and when billy madison and happy gilmore came out it was like oh this guy is genius (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. yeah and so when wedding singer came out in cinemas i was like day one there at the movies to see it yeah Yep. Um, I was saying before we started recording, I was looking around trying to find. Uh, I had the CD soundtrack and everything because yeah, I can yeah. only assume I, I I know very little about the film. Um, mm. It's him and it's Drew Barrymore, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty much all I know. And from the title, I'm assuming he sings at weddings. Yeah. Um, but but really, in terms of storyline, I got no idea. So that's all. Like you got absolutely. I no got idea. nothing. I got nothing. Um, I don't know why. Like, I, I missed Billy Madison. Yeah. But I saw Happy Gilmore. That's probably one of the films I watched the most as a kid. Yeah. I loved Happy Gilmore. Um, 
I think we were the right age for Adam Sandler, and particularly in those ones. I watched The Waterboy a couple of times, but it's a bit too derpy, for lack of a better word. Yeah, um, but oh, very much yeah. so. Yeah. Um, and li- like similar to Little Nicky, it's like, hey, I can put on a voice. Yeah, I can just do the hasha basha kind of thing nonstop. Where are you from, the South? Yes. The Deep South. Why is that funny? Happy Gilmore. Um, I don't know. Just that. I, I just really enjoyed that one as a kid, and I, I think I probably would have loved this as well. Like, because you know, soundtrack, etc. But mm. I, I honestly have no idea what it's about. So, so you're possibly expecting like, okay, you've got like the extreme wacky Sandler that mm. you've got with like Little Nicky, say, yeah, and then you've got like the more commercial. I'm trying to think of a nice way to phrase it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the, the films he's doing now. Yes, and then you've got. Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison, which are a little bit more bizarre, surrealist, kind of just yeah. weird comedies. Yeah, I'm expecting the tone of this to be a bit closer to Fifty First Dates. Okay, yep. So that kind a little of bit more actual um, accessible. Yeah, I think so. A, a little bit less Adam Sandler being goofy, full goofy. Yeah. So you think this could actually possibly be the full stepping stone to commercial success? I think from so. Weirdness. Just yeah. just based on where I believe it sits in in. Um, yeah, accessible, popular. Like it's not as though the general public talks about Little Nicky a lot. <laughs> <laughs> if, if anyone talks about Little Nicky a lot, I think they, there's something wrong with them. <laughs> uh, unless they're talking to their therapist. Or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Harvey tells the devil, you gotta see it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like the reason this one has is. You know, you, you, you actually still see the posters and things like that. Mm. Like, I can picture the poster of this so well because I think it just pervaded into culture a bit more easily than some of his others. I mean, he's a very commercially successful guy, so a lot of his films are yeah. well. But um, he's, like, he's, one of the most commercially successful actors at the moment. Like, with yeah. his Netflix deal, it's it's insane. It's, so. it's nuts. Um, so... Hmm. So yeah, yeah. Um, I guess on that note, should we just jump into <laughs> well, it? I think we're just going to have to. I've got nothing else to say. <laughs> All right, let's do it. <laughs> So that was The Wedding Singer. Yep, that was fun. That held up really well for me. Yeah, yeah it did. Um, I, I was very worried um, because of where Adam Sandler and his career has gone. You know all he wants to do is play Twister with your sister. That yeah. I was worried... Maybe that's where it started. Yeah, like if I, if I would go back and be like, I loved these films when I was a kid, maybe they might not hold up and I would just be yeah. like, oh, these are actually really derpy and cringe and not yeah. great but um yeah full disclosure I watched Billy Madison last night in prep for this to like yes. back up some of my arguments yeah. for later so and did, did that hold up for you as well yes it did <laughs> for different reasons though which I'll okay. get, I'll get into yeah. that later but you have done your homework yeah but I mean <laughs> initial thoughts yeah that was, that was very easy to enjoy mm. um it didn't feel dated no really like I mean the, do, do you think that's because it, it's a period piece yeah, yeah, I mean, definitely. We were talking about that with Pretty and Pink, about how their soundtrack um, was current to the day music, whereas this is obviously music that has stood the test of time or represents an era. Mm. 
I'm similar with the fashions and all the Rubik's Cube references and things like oh that. Oh my god, I started oh. to make a list at a certain point. There's like... <laughs> so many's like, hey, remember the mid-80s? It's, it's really... Yeah. <laughs> it gets a bit cringy because there's like the Rubik's Cube. No one will ever solve that. Um, you know, Dallas. Hang on, huh? I'm watching Dallas. I think JR might be dead or something. They shot him. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, yeah, the, <laughs> the fact that Glenn drives a DeLorean... Yeah, oh, yeah. And then him with the CD player, like... Yep, like, everything's like, hey, mid-80s, hey, the mid-80s. <laughs> um, but I thought maybe the humour just might age, being, you know, an Adam Sandler movie anyway. Yeah. Um, but it's actually, you know, there's a couple of kind of, you stand gross male sort of moments, but then also they kind of re-reference that but at the you, end. Yeah, you made a point of, so like, why there's, like... I mean, the, the gross male moments, as we're talking about, is there's... Old dudes at the wedding. There's <laughs> almost every wedding, there is a creepy older man who... Makes a comment. Or makes a comment or flat out just grabs a girl. Like, yeah, mm. there's, there's a lot of that. But then you kind of brought up a point of, like, well, is that kind of pointing out, like... Because his... Is that guy his friend? The Michael Jackson one. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah I can remember if it was a friend or a brother. Um, he yeah, makes Alan Covert's character. Yeah, yeah. At the end, because he makes the comment to him in the bar about um, like nobody wants to see an older man doing that. I grew up idolizing guys like Fonzie and Vinnie Barbarino because they got a lot of chicks. You know what happened to Fonzie and Vinnie Barbarino? Yeah, I read that Fonzie wants to be a director and. Barbarino, I think the Mechanical Bull movie, I didn't see it yet. Their shows got cancelled. Because no one wants to see a 50-year-old guy hitting on chicks. And I'm like, hang on, is that like a reference to like, watch? because we, we were watching those moments in the movie, like, ugh, it's just kind of gross. That, that has not aged that's, that's well. not yeah. funny. But then you actually, like, maybe it was always like that. Yeah, and then like, he's actually pointing out the comment, like, no, we, we all know that that's bad, and yeah. the, the point is not to be that person. So you're like, okay, yeah, well done, maybe. Movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Let's I'll give it the it. benefit of the doubt. Yeah, because... I'll give it... It's hard with an old film. Um... And, but it's also... I want to give it the benefit of the doubt, because having not seen... I haven't seen this in at least ten years, I would say. Yeah, okay. It's a really sweet romantic comedy. Yeah, and it does remind you that um, Sandler, like... He, he's always done those quite well. Those, yeah. those quite straightforward romantic comedies. Um, or, like, you know, with a slight quirk, like, mm. like Fifty First Dates and things like that. See, Fifty First Dates, to me, I think, is the only post-wedding Singer Sandler film that I actually enjoy. I remember finding Big Daddy okay. Because mm. the overarching message of that was, um, I, I have not seen that for a long time, so maybe if I rewatched it, I wouldn't enjoy it. I'm not <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, but I should say, like, I also haven't seen Big Daddy for ages. And I, yeah. I, I, I think moments of Click kind of got me, maybe. <laughs> I never watched but... Click, but I remember learning about the message of that. Um, but, um... Actually, what was that? Punch Drunk Love was actually... That's that, not an Adam Sandler No, film. that's not... That, that's a P.T. Anderson film. That's a movie with Adam Sandler. Yeah. Yes. That, I, um, I, yeah, I should say, like, uh, things like Punch Drunk Love and then uh, Rain, uh, Rain Over Me, um, Spanglish, like, films that he... Is in. He is in as an actor, but he hasn't produced or written and, you know, it's yeah. all that stuff. And what about Funny People? Uh, again, another it, example. Yeah, because yeah. I didn't like that. I like funny people. It's like seven hours too long. <laughs> yeah, well, it's two movies essentially. More. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, back yeah. to this one. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, no, exactly. It's just quite a sweet um, movie, and I guess that's why he used Drew Barrymore again for um, Fifty First Dates. Yeah, it, because it's... they just they they have a 
she plays that character well. They have a really good chemistry really together. Really good natural chemistry. And I, yeah, I think you're 100% right. Like, why I think Fifty First Dates works is because it has, at its core, a really solid romantic premise mm. of, you know, her not having the memories and things. And then... Yeah. But their chemistry works so great together. Yeah. And But then you move that onto the later era Sandlers with... Uh, what's it called? It's the We're Going to Africa movie. Um... <laughs> Blended. It's oh gosh. We're going, going to Africa! Africa! Yeah. Doesn't sound good. Awful. <laughs> you actually have seen it. Um, <laughs> morbid curiosity occasionally yeah. allows me to put on on Netflix a Sandler film just to be like, is he still? Has he redeemed yeah, at all? Yeah, like, because yeah. his early stuff was like this. Yeah. 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 Yep. And like, I think I, I wrote down the note. Like, this. Why I think this film holds up and kind of is you could almost separate from what he's doing now is because mm. it has proper story structure there is a yes. beginning a middle and an end and throughout that it's almost like a perfect three acts yeah and there's character growth and yep. establishment and it just like perfectly flows and i guess in like this one for example there's only in terms of like big names there's only him and drew barrymore and that they were you get the, small big names at the time yeah what they are now yeah he was not a name at this point and drew no. barrymore this is kind of you know getting back on track yeah mm. yeah um i actually looked up because i wanted because they both look really young in this yeah they do yeah uh sandler was 32 yep and so this is um two years after uh happy gilmore and two yep. years after leaving saturday night live yep okay. uh barrymore was 23 really yeah I thought wow, she, yeah, I thought she's a bit older than that. I thought they were like the same age, but no, there's like a nine-year difference there. He definitely but... looks very youthful. Yes, I, I, he stays extremely clean-shaven for so much of it. Yeah, um, which is his character. So maybe that. And I think the innocence of the character as well, especially where we start with him, helps you kind of buy the sweetness and the kind yes, of naivety. He believes in love and, and yeah. marriage, and well, he believes in. He just wants to get married. Yeah, he just is a happy, nice, lovely guy, which yeah. I think is why it also makes it interesting. Is because. It's different to other Sandler characters that are just super aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Some of them are, um, and just, just like in your face. That's just mm. how they are. But he, he can actually play these sorts of ones. I, I can't probably handle them too many, but I don't know. Like, yeah, the message. So did he write, how much do you have to do with the writing of this? Okay. So the credited screenplay, uh, is like the writer credited with the screenplay is Tim Hurley, who mm-hmm. was a writer on Saturday Night Live with him. Yep. Uh, and he who co-wrote Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison with him. Okay. Um, so Tim Hurley, he is the credited writer, but yep. uh, apparently uh, there are a couple other people that did uncredited work, Sandler being one of them. Yep. Uh, Judd Apatow, apparently, really? did yeah, uncredited okay. kind of punch-ups, yep. which kind of tracks given where he would eventually go with his career, like the yeah. nice... Sweet but filthy romantic comedies, I guess. Oh man, I rewatched Forty Year Old Virgin. Yeah, That's so gross. So much of that needs to be cut out. <laughs> yeah, it does. I really enjoyed it at the time. I think we spoke about this a few weeks ago. Mm. Um, it's like, oh, 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 come on, guys. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a lot of improv. <laughs> yeah, but, um, um, but the yeah. other one that's weird is like Carrie Fisher did uncredited really? work on the script. Yeah, okay, interesting. So it's I think having that like not myopic kind of point of view of just a singular yeah. wacky surreal comedic vision of Sandler and Hurley but bringing these other people to kind of essentially flesh out the romantic 
yeah, comedy elements of it really work. And I guess if you put this next to um, Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison, we'll lump those ones together. They all have like, you know, nice, happy outcomes, and everything's very positive. And the whole movie has quite, you know, this. He has this thing for grandmas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. He never has parents. <laughs> well, he doesn't have I know, Billy, but um, they've all got these lovely, positive outlook sort of things, and then like. I don't know, his later films, I haven't really seen them because they just almost looks like Adam Sandler's just got older and a bit more cynical. Oh, yeah, no, like, I, I kind of <laughs> want to hold that for a yeah. little bit later. I think we should focus um, on But, yeah, so, yeah, let's... His character, um... Robbie Hart. Robbie Hart is just, he's just a lovely guy. Yeah, and I think it is because, like, it automatically starts with... You, you expect... Everything you know about Adam Sandler at this point in time, like, you know, mm. in his career and what he's acted and, like, you know, all of his other characters and things. The opening scene with Steve Buscemi. Because Harold, you know, he's always been the dependable one. And I've always been the screwed up one. Right, Dad? <laughs> Why can't you be more like your brother? Uh, Harold would never beat up his landlord. <laughs> oh. Steve Buscemi is playing the Adam Sandler character in that scene, essentially. Yes, yeah. But instead, Sandler is there to essentially take the audience and be like, no, I'm going to be the guy who kind of diffuses this guy's situation and yeah. is the nice version of the Yeah, play. that's a very good point. Mm. But can we talk about Buscemi for a second? Yes, he deserves the talking about. <laughs> wow, he's great. Remember that time in Puerto Rico when we picked up those two... Uh... Well, I guess they were prostitutes, but I don't remember paying. I mean, like, I think, always think he's great, but mm. um, he was, like, the best performance in the whole film, and he only got, like, a minute of screen time. I'm a person, too, Pop, goddammit. I'm a person, too. You're a moron. <laughs> <laughs> it's so perfect, and then, yes. like, he's just in it just enough. Like, it could yeah. have been, like, yeah, stretched been out overdone. and overplayed and yeah. overdone. But it's just that perfect amount of comedy gold and the recognising factor of, holy crap, it's stupid shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Both of those things and just his, his delivery. Even when, even at the end, I'm outside behind the, the venue when he's just, like, drunk and, like, That's stumbles what... off the curb. Hey, you know, wedding singer. <laughs> Drops his glass but doesn't fall. Like, how do you act that? And then composes himself. <laughs> just walks off. Yeah, yeah. and oh. just exits the film and you're like, all right. That's the type of comic. We're going to get some really good laughs in here, but they are actually going to be like there's pertinent a to the story and have a point. Yes. Yep, there's it's a not point. like he's chasing around invisible penguins. <laughs> yes. So yeah, everything. There are very few jokes you're making in the comment. Um, very few jokes that are just like random. Mm. Don't need to be. There's like that montage where they're trying on wedding dresses and things like that. Oh yeah, the, 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 the wedding cake montage. The like, wedding cake. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. Like feeds um feeds boy George a slice of wedding cake. Oh no, it's it's a, oh, no, it's ra- a it's random. A, it's a random it? yeah. with filthy teeth. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Hmm. Um. So there's only a few minutes, moments like that that seem like they're kind of taken from an older Sandler film. So I th- yeah, it it really seems like it's him trying to jump into a more accessible mainstream. Mm. Type that of works film. well because it still keeps it really lighthearted. Like it it has the moments that are meant to make you feel and then it, it it's like um like at the um at his, his grandma or auntie oh no it's just a random, random lady he's lady. friends with yeah okay. um random old lady rosie isn't it mm-hmm. yeah at her um 50th wedding anniversary and it has like that emotional kind of moment where after the her song 
it's really lovely and it's all about love and then he realised I've got to go chasing after her and then it just cuts to like transition the phase the grandma just starts rapping she's doing rappers yeah, delight by the sugar hill gang yeah and it just but it works beautifully because it, it lightens the, mo- the mood but then they actually use that fade into that song and use it for the next as second. the transition yeah the transition you're like oh, that was actually you know I'm chuckling now we've had <laughs> I feel like we had enough of that moment that you know you saw these cup, the happy couple and stuff and what he wanted to be yeah um, and what he believed he could have with um, with Drew Barrymore it's, and it's like what it's that moment is punctuated perfectly by he looks over to Alan Covert and he just nods and is like I'll go get the car like yeah. it doesn't need to say anything it's like he knows the audience knows yeah we're exactly going to... he doesn't treat the audience like idiots yeah like, no like we, we know the, where this movie's going mm. um. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you actually and I love the way that it actually transitions from friendship to relationship it's kind yes. of they take their time with it and the movie begins with them meeting for the first time as total strangers and then yes. slowly developing a a friendship yeah. that then there's develops the, I reckon there's only one clunky moment mm-hmm. in the development of their relationship and that is the kiss practice oh yeah that's that's, that's kind a of bad scene it's kind of cringe yeah, yeah like that's a bad scene yeah in an otherwise quite believable transition from friendship to I like her kind of thing because it, it paces really well um, with that kind of thing. And it just happens very organically thanks to their performances. And then you have that scene and, uh, you know, it's meant to be the sort of trigger scene. Like, ooh, he likes her. Yeah. But it's just like, oh, can this scene just end? Yeah, I know. And it's it, it's not helped by, like, yeah, Christine Taylor kind of the egging on. Almost. I know. It's, it's, it's like, oh, we, we know. Yeah, it's... Because I think at that point he's already starting to grapple with the fact that he's kind of falling for yeah, her. Yeah, so, you can yeah. read that and... It's just just awkward. It's not even like a believable situation. There's nothing yeah. about it that works, <laughs> I don't think. The one thing that kind of gets me with that scene, though, is the the orchestral music. Oh, I know. But th- the interesting thing that I noticed, like having not seen this for years, the orchestral music that swells at that point, mm-hmm. it's the song that he sings to her on the plane at the end. Ah, oh, really? That's the kind of romantic cues throughout the film with, so when there the, are the beats um, between them it's kind of setting you up and getting you so ready for the that take my breath away moment yeah like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah essentially yeah strip feeding the music getting you ready getting yeah it's, okay. it's planting the earworm that will eventually yes. become yeah. that song well it, it didn't plant well enough in my ear yeah unfortunately <laughs> well, I, um, but, man, I only picked it up the first time now so yeah yep. but, hmm. yeah that's okay that's quite interesting I guess you didn't go by the rule of threes. Yeah. <laughs> on that one. Or um, by the airplane transition, the rule of twelves. Yeah. Oh, oh, that airplane scene. Yeah, oh, we'll, we'll get, we'll get to that. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, it's... I think the film... It, it's a comedy first and foremost. Yes. And it really wonderfully kind of paces the transit... Like, the, the comedy beats. Like yeah, really well. You've got that... The, your first big moment is the Buscemi scene. And yep. then you've got a bit of a gap until because then you have the emotional core of the story with Robbie getting his heart broken yep. there's like the one kind of chuckle moment I guess when he smashes the mirror and then yeah. George is crying with all the mascara oh, like yes. but other than that it's they, they play the heartbreak genuinely yeah they make it real the, um, you got to know it matters to him a lot not yeah. just like oh here we've set the film up now the, the I think the next big joke comes after he's had the confrontation with Linda and like you know actually laid everything out on the table of like this is where we are stakes wise in the film yeah. and then you have the little boy come up <laughs> oh the little boy and then he just very flatly and very calmly just 
it's so perfect uh, and then you're like oh yeah we're a comedy again yeah thank you Phil <laughs> and it was delivered like just that flat delivery by him meant yeah. that it was even funny he didn't have to go over the top or yeah. anything like that's, hey audience that's the key not over the top mm-hmm. believable and fun and doesn't lean into anything too much yeah exactly and it was done really really well mm. um, but Adam Sandler he is very good at interacting with kids in movies mm-hmm. um, with the older generation in movies like like, like Rosie yeah. like his relationship with Rosie is just great um, like when she's paying him in meatballs <laughs> and just so stupid but see that's the thing it's it plays sweeter than it does funnier I yeah, think like, like she's paying him in meatballs but she's just her, her, she's great yeah which helps and then um, and then of course other movies where you know his grandma in, um, in Happy Gilmore and stuff mm. um he does just manage to just get along with everyone. He, he just comes across in all these movies like just this really just nice bloke. And so then when you do see him in other things, sometimes like, oh, uh, what? I actually don't know what you'd be like behind closed doors. Yeah. yeah <laughs> like you, you just seem to yell and scream and yell gibberish a lot. Yeah. Because but, fascinating guy to know. And um, we do get a little bit of the angry Sandler here, but it, yeah. it's, it's measured out in a pro- like the first wedding back. Well, I have a microphone and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! Yes, yep, exactly. And there's only a couple of moments where he, like, right, has the Adam Sandler voice. Yeah. He has his voice. But then, like, wonderfully goes into the song and, like, you know, yep. it's, it's nice. Like, it, yeah. and then I think that's really the only yeah. angry Sandler moment. <laughs> yeah, that, the only actual angry one. I think he yells at the, one of the kids at one stage to get back into or something, but that's about mm. it. Once again, things that could have been brought to my attention yesterday! Um, but, um, and Drew Barrymore's very good at these roles. She really is. I always forget. She's an actress, I think, you, like, a lot of people unfairly kind of dismiss, or you, you yeah, just forget like, about it. It's like, oh, Drew Barrymore, yeah, she's pretty good. Yeah, you, you just, like, she doesn't pop to mind all that often. No, and maybe, I don't know, you could probably tell me, has she ever been in, like, award-winning roles? Don't believe so. No, so it's not as though... I mean, yeah. post this, she blew up huge, and that was sort of what led to the Charlie's Angels yep. films block, and things. Yeah, the and big blockbuster Kind of post that, it seems like... I'm going to just quickly IMDb her, but to me, where she comes to mind is that sort of mid-2000s period where she kind of started doing a few more indies, like producing and acting in, like, Donnie Darko and stuff. That's right, of course, and, um... What's the... Uh, what's Confessions the, of a Dangerous Mind is another one. What's the Roller Derby one that she produced with it? Oh, she directed that. Yes, that's right. With yeah. it. I Whip actually kind of like Whip me, it. Me too. It was just good fun. I'd yeah. never really seen Roller Derby before, and, um, that was, that was just a lot of, uh... A lot of silly fun. It was a nice, sweet kind of film. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Scream was two years before this, 96, yeah. and then kind of post this, you've then... Oh, yeah, 98, you had a huge year because it was Wedding Singer and then Ever After, that Cinderella oh, yeah. movie that was huge. Yep. Yeah, and then, like, Never Been Kissed, Charlie's Angels, Riding in Cars with Boys. Yep. And then, yeah, lately she's just... Um, I guess she, she saw that, you know, once she gets a bit older you've got to start transitioning your career yeah oh god now she's on um, Santa Clarita Diet that Netflix show oh is she on that is she yeah that's oh, supposed to be the, good? Ca- the cannibal show or whatever it is oh she's a zombie I think I can't remember how that one works anyway oh, I haven't okay. seen it but um yeah she just delivers a, such a consistent role here mm. um it's not cringy or anything like that and she it, just bounces off Sandler very well and the other characters around her she so easily could have become manic pixie dream girl Yes, exactly right. That, that most romantic comedies just use that template now. I think yeah. ever since, like, Garden State and 
500 Days of Summer. It's like, that's the go-to is like the quirky indie girl. Quirky indie girl, yeah. Whereas this, she's like, no, she's just a genuinely believable, well-rounded character that has like something to do in the film as well. And seems to, you don't have that moment where he, you know... Adam Sandler's character does something silly and she just laughs at him because, yeah. oh, isn't he so lovable? That's... Um, like, they genuinely seem to click on things. So you, you actually believe in them as a couple. Mm. And then, like, at the end, when they actually get together, you you care and you kind of want them to be together because yeah. they do have such good chemistry. And I think it's clearly juxtaposed by Glenn just being a massive jerk. <laughs> yes. Like, <laughs> it, it, the movie just makes it very clear that Oh, she's not picking between someone she might like. You know, they're like, no, this guy's just a terrible human. At no um, point does he say anything nice to her ever in the film. No, like, exactly. I notice, like, when it's, what does he do? He's like, oh, he's in junk bonds. And then he's just like, no, it's this. What I call what you, like, just snaps at her. Yeah, and, exactly. Like, like, it's just const- every line. He, like, never says anything nice. It's not like he's um, an okay guy with money in the future. He's... A jerk with the money in the future, yeah. kind of thing, and you and you as a as a watcher, you're like, why are you with him? Sort of yeah. thing. You're, you're where, just, was, where did you guys first meet? Yeah, him? how did get this to... happen? Yeah. Um, so that's that. You you always can look at their relationship and just know that's not going to work as a viewer. Whereas some movies will have them. The guys kind of nice, but just they don't click. Yeah, or something like that. This is like, no, nah, he's a bad dude. Yeah. Adam Sandler's nicer. He, he's he's the villain essentially. <laughs> he is the, the villain exactly. Yeah. Um, so you don't have the tension that, oh, no, you know, he's actually a believable partner for her. He's just... And inversely, you've got the same kind of thing with Linda as yeah, well, exactly. with Robbie. You're like, why were you guys... Ever together. Yeah. Yep. And it then just doesn't work. You, you just... can reflect that onto Glenn and go, same thing. Like, yeah. You're just the Linda, <laughs> uh, which I guess is what it's trying to say. Hmm. Um, but, like, going back to Drew Barrymore for a sec, like... Mm. I just don't know if he's the right guy for me. And I've been spending a lot of time with this other man, Robbie Hart, the wedding singer. You're thinking of leaving Glenn, the wedding singer? I don't know what I'm thinking. I'm confused. Oh, no, sweet. Like, Julia actually, not, like, I mean, yeah, she's doing something in the film because she's essentially, you know, planning a wedding and everything, but... We don't... It's not just focusing on Robbie falling in love with her. It's no. You actually get scenes where it's vice versa and you actually yes. see her... There are, like, giant chunks of the movie where Adam Sandler's not there yeah. and we yeah. are actually spending dual screen time with both male yeah, and female. You, you see of both you. of them falling in love mm. um, with each other. You don't just see her fawning over him yeah. like a, just a generic um, doe-eyed love interest or something like that. They, they both gradually fawn over each other i guess in a way which um to me is like one of the biggest like ugh for modern adam sandler films because yeah you think of a female protagonist in or i don't even want to use the word protagonist female character character not even really because screen in, presence yeah with <laughs> oh, the exception of drew barrymore like, i would say i haven't seen many of his recent ones i think funny people's the last one i saw mm, but it's like you go through and you're like uh, okay big let's use big daddy as the example okay. yeah what is joey lauren adams doing as a love interest in that i film? don't even remember yeah <laughs> no, i just remember there's a kid and then you're one. like uh winona Ryder and mr deeds and then it, it just oh, keeps yeah. going up to the point of like with click and um the worst offen- offensive film ever made, uh, Jack and Jill. You know all he wants to do is play Twister with your sister. Twister with your sister. Twister with your sister. 
where oh. Katie Holmes he's just casting pretty g- girl to stand next to and kiss yeah they, they literally do nothing in scenes but stand there while he does his thing yeah and there's no like literally no character there's no they're getting yeah. nothing and what's the one where he goes on vacation and stuff with Kevin James oh grown ups is that his grown ups is it yeah because he's and married I think he's married to now. Selma Hayek of course he is yeah exactly that's what I mean like it's just <laughs> casting like yep a tr- very attractive yep. and in all well of these uh, well known but also in the case a lot of these cases really talented actresses yeah like all of them like but Selma I, Hayek <laughs> but I, like you know Academy Award nominated like Frida like good yeah. lord she's a great actress mm. but it just proves to the laziness of those kind of later films of oh we're all just doing this for a paycheck yeah and I guess those later ones they've got a big ensemble like whether you believe they're big names or not like Kevin James and David Spade and things like that Rob they're, Schneider like they're not, that, but, this, but this goes back to like just the paycheck thing if yeah. he's just giving his friends jobs yeah yeah hey <laughs> well done he's, he's managing to do like Hollywoods to yeah. like just essentially pay for him and his friends to go on holiday. Yeah, and like at the end of the day, good on him, well done. Um, but that's the difference. Don't try I guess. and package a film out <laughs> and tell us it's entertainment. It's well, that's not. the difference with those films though. Is you've got that ensemble, you're going to use them. Um, I mean, at least he used to just put Rob Schneider in there to say you can do it. Yeah. Um, but now he's actually giving him lines actually, and a character. Yeah. Um, so. Um, but Whereas this one, that you know, it's just him and Drew, really. Yeah. Um, and um, and like like Happy Gilmore as well, and and a few of the others. There's there's only a couple of bigger names. Whereas some of those big ones like Pixels as well, I guess. You know, there's enough big names that they've got to spread the screen time across these three stars. Yeah. Or whatever, and um, and you don't get this intimate sort of character growth, which mm. Adam Sandler can do. Yeah, and I mean, good lord, Punch Drunk Love is incredible. Yes. Like, his oh, performance in that is... That's a great film. Yeah. Um, but I actually didn't realise it was Peter Anderson. Yeah, yeah, he just... That's in between uh, Magnolia and uh, There Will Be Blood, actually. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Uh, he just made this a little weird. Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah. small budget one. But it's... Um, I, I, I think, for me, this is the last of a type of Adam Sandler film before... Be- and I think because after this, he became a lot more famous and yeah. just essentially sold out and was... Every film he puts out, this is just obviously my personal opinion, yeah, yeah. He, he is only doing it to make money and that's it. There doesn't seem... There seldom seems to be a reason to make... To put these films out yeah, other than... Yeah, I would never pay to see them. Yeah. Um, but... And I would love for him to make a movie like this again. Yeah, because I be- actually he- care because <laughs> he can do it. Like he could, yeah, he could do it. That's the thing. Well, I'm just <laughs> super it, excited he- for yeah. what he's doing later this year. Yeah, it's it's not an Adam Sandler movie, but he's acting in the new Safdie Brothers film. Okay, the Safdie Brothers are the guy uh, Josh and Benny Safdie, um, mm-hmm. amazing independent filmmakers. Made uh, Daddy Long Legs, um, Heaven Knows What, but then kind of really blew up. Two years ago, with a film called Good Time with uh, Rob yes. Pattinson, yeah, uh, amazing, amazing film. So he's starring in their new film. Okay, good. So it's like, okay, yes, actually, I'd like Karen. to say, yeah. Like oh, to and he him. was in a Noel Baumbach's movie a year or two ago, The Meyerowitz Stories, which was really yeah. good. Like, okay, yeah, yeah. I'd but like to see him cast in films so he can just keep making his money projects. Yeah, it's just <laughs> the warning sign is if you have the Happy Madison logo at the beginning yeah. and you're just like, nope, turning this off. I don't want to see one of America's greatest actors, Al Pacino, doing an ad for Dunkin' Donuts. Wow! Al 
Dunkachino. It's not Al anymore. It's Dunk. Dunkachino? Don't mind if I do. What's my name? Dunkachino. It's a whole new game. Dunkachino. You want creamy goodness? I'm your friend. Say hello to my chocolate blend. Oh, yeah. Like, that's no. <laughs> as long as you made money. Yeah. Mm. Um, one of the most interesting things about this film, and I think the trajectory of mm. what led to Adam Sandler going that route, yep. um, is, so in 1998, he put out two films. Okay, this one. And The Waterboy. Yes. They both came out in the same year. Okay, did they? One, The Waterboy made considerably more money. Really? Yeah, I mean, yeah. So it's... I think that has to have a factor of, all of right, well, let's yeah. go this route instead yeah. of... And he didn't have the Will Smith plan. No, he didn't. He <laughs> turned down the Matrix because his... Yeah. <laughs> and he didn't have, you know, he's locked in like, okay, this... I'm going to do a film to get nominated for an Oscar. I'm going to do this film to keep I mean, my present, my image and presence out there. Like, there wasn't a... I was just about to say, like, not turn down a Tarantino film because it doesn't fit into your schedule. Oh, boy. But then I realised he did. Oh, which one did he turn down? He was supposed to be uh, in Inglorious Bastards. I was about to ask, was he um, Eli, Eli Roth's character? Yeah, yes. <laughs> he was Donnie Donowitz. Oh, boy. Turned it down because he was already committed to funny people. Uh, well, I guess funny people better than some of them, but like mm. I told you, I really didn't enjoy that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like the premise of funny people. Hmm. I just think it just fell apart. It doesn't need to be two and a half hours long. No, like maybe like one hour and 40. Yeah. No, one, I, I could push it to two. Yeah, like maximum. Maximum, because mm. it, it did try and have a real soul and story to it. But anyway, mm. uh, yeah, okay, so he did the same thing. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, maybe he is Will Smith. <laughs> well, at least he had a big project locked in. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the supporting cast in this... Um, are interesting because like his mate who I don't even know his name uh, Alan Covert is oh, what's the character's name though <laughs> exactly uh, <laughs> he was in the movie a decent amount and I never yeah. heard his I don't feel like I never heard his name he, he just wore like 80s clothes Sammy 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 the yeah Sammy the, the mustache yeah who, who <laughs> like really wants to be Fonzie <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> yeah um, yeah, you got the couple of Sandler regulars, like Peter Dante shows up briefly in like when, mm. the first scene, and then yeah, a tiny bit. You've got the um, you know the, the, the bank. Sorry, at the bank. Yeah, like Kevin Nealon yeah. and John Lovitz. You've got yeah. the SNL kind of yep. people popping up there. I'm sure Chris Farley would have been in this probably if yeah, yeah somewhere he yep. was still around. But yeah. But um, yeah, the supporting cast do a, do a pretty good job in general. Like um, mm. Alexis Arquette. Oh, amazing! Yeah, like, I think like fabulous commitment. Um, incredible as well. I'm actually not sure if I've seen Alexis in a movie before. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I probably have without realizing. Yeah, I, th- I think the one I shouted out when we're watching is Pulp Fiction. That's oh, probably yes, the biggest right. one that people kind of go to. Yeah. Uh, she's the guy who comes out of the bathroom shooting at um, Vincent Jules. Yeah. Yeah. But, yep. like, one of those IMDb credits, like, I think uh, before she passed away, it was, like, 70-something credits, and you wow. go through, and you're just like, oh, wow, you're in this, you're in this, you're in yep. this. Like, never, never massive is. roles, but just, like... Just always in something. Got, dating back to, like, the early 80s as well. Like, wow, yeah. Just consistent, so... I, uh, I love the moment where it's, it's called up my boy George to the mic or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Start singing, do you really want to hurt me? And then, just gets the end of the song. He's not back on stage. 
just does it again. It's so perfect. And then when they're at the bar mitzvah it, and like George steps up to the mic, like, you you know it's coming, <laughs> but it's still as funny. Yeah, because and particularly with that pause. Yeah. It's like, and then like drops the yeah, head. I'm going to sing it again. <laughs> it's really wonderful. Yeah, I was almost, I was hoping it would come back again. Mm. Um, but yeah, Alexis is great. Uh, I think Christine Taylor is... Good, like yeah, she does it really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's fine. Um, that doesn't just need un- to do a lot. She unfortunately has a couple of the real cringy moments, like that kiss scene. Um, the date is kind of it's just awkward, but I think for story reasons, it needs to not, be not because of her performance. No, she was fine. Like she was trying to do what she, her character, you know, her motivation was. But yeah. you know, it didn't force anything. And, and and then you, she unfortunately has that one scene where like run into the 50th anniversary to be like, I'm spouting exposition now. Oh, yes. <laughs> I can't talk right now. Are you back with Linda? No. Why? Who said that? Julia. She went to your house to tell you she was falling for you, and Linda answered the door in her underwear. She was so upset, she and Glenn just jumped a plane to Vegas. What do you mean? They're getting married tomorrow. Apparently that wasn't soon enough. Which yeah, then exposition moment? It's it's essentially like I think we need to get to the end. Okay. <laughs> it's, so once the granny starts rapping, the movie needs to finish. The movie dials up to eleven and off it goes. Holy crap! <laughs> <laughs> so much happens in that like last five minutes Ooh. that the film feels like it's going off the rails. Oh, it does. It really <laughs> feels like it accelerated. Like the brakes are off. It, it's really um, like that's what's so weird and jarring about it because the movie's so slow paced. It's so yeah, meth- like it, yeah, I would say slow, but just evenly paced. Even that's yeah. the perfect word for it, and it makes sense. And then all of a sudden you're like. <laughs> Uh, and then we go, oh god, we hit an hour 25. We gotta wrap this up in the next three minutes. Yeah, in the, in the editing room, they're like, um. I know, let's transition with the plane and a sharp punch. Yeah, do you reckon? I, I'm wondering if they'd originally filmed the ending to be a bit more um, even in pace as well. Mm. And then they realised it just didn't really have that urgency. <laughs> Yeah, you need that ticking clock almost yeah. element of, you so know... like, what, what could we do? We could the, cut, cut in an aeroplane. <laughs> the second he's made up his mind, you want to see them get together. Yes. And so you just need to race towards yeah, you that. you don't need to muck around. And um, it could be also the... It's that, like, race and the ticking clock of, they're going to Vegas, so I've got to go and catch them before... It's the graduate, essentially. Mm, but mm. instead of having, like, the car run out of petrol and Simon and Carfunkel, like, oh, slowly... All of that and him <laughs> racing, instead of that, they have them on the same plane. Yeah. Which just immediately... Means. ...stops... Yes. ...the tension. And, yeah. But it, it then leads to a great final moment. Yes. But the tension's gone. The tension's gone. He's on the same plane. Like, yeah. Just in the front part. So, so you're like, I, I don't know, let's... Just chuck Billy Idol in there and <laughs> yes, yeah. Oh, Billy Idol, so good. No way. Um, oh, Vegas Air. Oh my god, what a top airline! It's it is the. I don't want to say lazy because it's it's it ends up being a sweet ending, but yeah. the last like from when he gets on from when the granny starts rapping, it really feels like a modern Adam Sandler. It does. Thing. It's yeah. just it's a bit more hectic. Let's and... just throw that there and that there and that there. Okay, we're done. Yeah, <laughs> like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, it's still a very satisfying ending. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's such a different pace to everything else that yeah. um, you do have a bit of a laugh. It almost gives you a nosebleed. It's so yeah, quick yeah. and hectic and weird. But but it still addresses, like, 
enough of those points, like the, the window seat. Yeah. Um, that he, he that um, Adam Sandler had spoken to Drew Barrymore about. That's um, what his he, moment yeah. where he realised maybe that's why Linda wasn't for him. And then there's the she has that exact same moment with Glenn. Yeah. Which you know, it, it's, it's just a it's simple back, and it's, it's like you know, and yeah. a simple just little like. Signifier. The little things, um, mm. which is what it's all about and what it's making the comment on. is like there's so many little things. Yeah. Um, and it's just smacked in the arm by the drink trolley. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever had that happen? No. It sucks. <laughs> I'm, I'm careful to, to on a plane to I sit within my, my seat. I didn't get my elbow. I got my knee. And oh, that yeah. really sucked. <laughs> yeah. I always try and make sure my feet don't splay out into the aisle. Yeah. I'm just like, too tall. It sucks. Yeah. Too lanky. <laughs> yeah. Um... I guess, like, before we kind of start wrapping up, there's, there's the one other scene that I think we need to highlight, which is the Somebody Kill Me <laughs> song. Oh, wow. Which, um, recently, uh, for any international listeners, uh, there's a thing in Australia called the Hottest 100 that happens every year. Oh, was that the one from that? Yes, of course. And uh, <laughs> they every couple of years, they'll play with the one that happened 20 years ago as like a retrospective kind of thing and that made it in as yes. one of the best songs of, of 1998 of whatever yeah. it was yeah okay I just want to warn you that uh, when I wrote this song I was listening to The Cure a lot so so that was a great blossom party. I remember yeah reading about that because they had a re-vote and I think it got voted higher up yeah in retrospect. <laughs> everyone was just like no keep they, this get that higher this signifies 1998 yeah. <laughs> And I actually didn't know the song, obviously, but I remember, I'm like, oh, okay, hmm. Adam, Adam Sandler in there. That's, I think, when you mention this film to people, that's, like, one of the key iconic moments that yep. comes to mind. And it's such a fun, simple joke. It is. It's so easy, but it works well, and he sings it well and clearly, so you can actually listen to the song. Yeah. Um, and Drew Barrymore loves it. I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it and then the John Lovett's moment behind the curtain. <laughs> Losing his mind. And I'm reaping all the benefits. <laughs> it really works well. <laughs> it's perfect. And um, I mean, this whole film would fall apart if Adam Sandler couldn't actually sing. So I know, and he, he does sings, a good job. He does. Yeah, he sings well enough. Mm. Yep. Um, and, I, and, and once again, particularly with this movie, we've got to talk about music. Mm. Um, oh yes, yeah, like of you course. said, it's a jukebox movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we need another song. We need another one. We're going through like trying to name as many as we could. It yeah. was. Okay, that scene's over. New song. New song. New, new song. song. Like, one of the scenes, I can't remember that, they squished in, like, four songs in the space of a minute. Mm. Um, I loved um, Journey on the Strings, though. Oh, at his wedding. That, that was, was his first wedding. That was perfect. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think it must be the nightclub scene. It, like, starts with... Blue Monday. Blue Monday. Then it's China, China Girl. Girl by David Bowie. Then it's um, B-52s. I forget the name of the yeah, track. that other track by the B-52s. Yeah. And then there's another one when they're exiting, I think. Yeah. I think. Oh, it might, I think it might be Psychedelic Furs at that That could point. be Psychedelic Furs. Yeah. Then, yeah. So it's just... <laughs> it's perfect. Like, they're in a nightclub. You need some music on. And yeah. And they just... They actually, like, roll it through quite... Here we go. Let's cycle song, cycle song. Yeah. And it's the fun little cliche stuff as well. Like, after, he, you know, the wedding, his, you know, Linda's left him at the altar mm. and stuff, and he's depressed, lying in bed, listening to The Cure. Yeah. Of course. Of course, yeah. It's like, it's either going to be The Smiths or, or The, the Cure. Cure. Yeah. <laughs> so. But I guess having a song in there keeps the energy and the pace of the film rolling. Like, the moment where it cuts back to... Early on in the film, it cuts to Drew Barrymore at home with her um, Walkman on or whatever, and um, she's listening to 99 Luftballoons. Yes. And only for, like, three seconds before Glenn, like, surprises her. 
like you only get like three seconds of the song, but it keeps the energy going in the movie, and they just use it. That's their that's their George Lucas wipe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well said. I think it also works well to kind of help remind you this isn't a contemporary film. We are set in a very yes. specific year as well. I think well. that's it. Like they got the fashion down pat. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm like looking at the, blue, uh, the the DVD right now, and the tagline is literally, he's going to party like it's 1985. Yeah. Like. All right. Okay, that's a weird tagline. Yeah. <laughs> I was more pointing out the fact that it, it 1985 is in the tagline. Yes. But, when you actually read it, you're like... You wait, know, he's going to party? Like, it's, He doesn't wait, party that much. No, he's going through depression. <laughs> yeah, he's actually like... Yeah, he's going through a very dark place for most of the film. Yeah. Well, whatever. <laughs> what a misleading tagline. Hmm. Um, do you want to hear a little bit about how the film went? Yes. Box office-wise. Yep. Uh, so it had a budget of $18 million. Yeah, okay. So yep. kind of, yeah. That, what, yeah. I guess probably buying all the musical rights. God, that'd be so much yeah. of it. Um, and paying Billy Idol. It went on to gross $123 million at the worldwide box office. Yeah, right. So adjusted for inflation, about $207 million. Yep. Uh, it was the 33rd highest grossing film of that year. Yeah. Uh, with Armageddon being number one with $553 <laughs> million. Damn straight it did. Uh, it came in uh, behind previous films that we've done on the show, uh, Mulan, which had $304 million. Yep. And uh, interestingly, the Waterboy yes. came in at number twenty-two. Oh, so not even necessarily that high. Is uh, it? Eleven difference. Uh, yeah, but, sorry, awesome. not not as though like Waterboy was like fourth in the world or something. Like no, um, it made uh, sixty-three million more than it, so it came in at one hundred and eighty-six million. It's yeah, so a significant so. amount. Yeah. A significant, yeah. So, For, yeah. Mm. But um, there is some alternate casting if you're intrigued. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so for the role of Glenn... Yeah. Uh, David... Sp- no, never mind. Well, you can say David Spade. <laughs> He's too small to be intimidating. I was actually saying, meant to say James Spader, but the word Spade oh. popped into my head. Oh, okay. Yes. Oh, my God. We just want... Uh, what was the character's name in Brian Pink? <laughs> yeah, we just want him back. Yeah. Um, uh, but no, uh, Christopher McDonald, who played Shooter McGavin, oh. was actually the first choice. Yeah. He's actually reminding me of... Yeah. Um... They kind of considered him, but then it was... That just didn't work just out. No. Uh, Charlie Sheen as well. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but apparently the role was originally written for, and the first person that they initially went to, was Jim Carrey. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, Jim Jim Carrey would play a very different jerk, but mm. he could do it well, I think. Yeah. It'd be very different. This is kind of post-Cable Guy and stuff as yeah. well, and so Apatow had been working with him and things, yeah. and I think they were kind of all old friends and stuff. So yeah. That would have been interesting, but Kerry's just way too big of a Presence star and, to... Yeah, and a name and... Yep. And, yeah, I don't think people would have... I mean, God, you look at the cable guy and how much that bombed. Like, people mm. weren't ready to accept him in a... Dark Jim Carrey. A different type yeah. of role other than Goofy Man. Goof, yes. <laughs> um, and as you can imagine, I have an epic list of uh, women that were... Of course. Yep. Uh, I'll, I'll read out some of the weirder ones. Um, some in terms of like, I, I say this as Drew Barrymore as only being twenty three, mm. but there are some to me that I'm like, really? Like Natalie Portman. How she, old was she then? She would have been like eighteen. Like, I was gonna say, yeah. yeah, that's weird to me. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer Lopez, uh, Jennifer Aniston. So this probably would have been yeah. like season three yep. era of. Um, yeah, early Friends. Yep. Molly Ringwald. 
to throw back the 80s. Oh, kind of yeah, style. okay, yep. Uh, Christina Ricci's another weird young one then. Yeah, she was, yep. Uh, Cameron Diaz, Elizabeth Hurley, Sarah Jessica Parker, Heather Graham, uh, Nicole Kidman, a um, whole bunch of people. Nicole Kidman? Yeah. Who ended up acting with him in uh, another crappy, crappy Adam Sandler movie <laughs> later down the line. Okay. Just go with it. I think it's something really generic, like, just go with it. Just go with it. Or something <laughs> like just generic title 43. Yeah. <laughs> Where you just could never guess the plot of the film from the title. Yeah. Just go with it. But, um, I guess, unless you got anything else. Nah, nah, I think, um, that sums it up. Um, movie holds up really well for me, and I actually thoroughly enjoyed it and would put mm. it right up there in terms of one of his better films yeah obviously. I, I think, and, and that leads perfectly on to if I, I I wish I'd watched that as a kid yeah basically um, like or like so many of the movies we're watching but that one is one um, like I told you I loved Happy Gilmore like yeah. that, as, a, as a as a as a kid that was one of my favourite movies mm. that's one I probably watched the most yeah um and so yeah, this this different type of comedy, but still just very easy to enjoy. Not you know, it has that Adam Sand early Adam Sandler charm. Yeah, but it also has a sweetness to it that can like yeah, it, that real. That's one of the things I loved about Happy Gilmore so much was actually his relationship with his grandma. Yeah, the the, the like the emotional core. Of yeah, that the film, emotional yeah. core, and this has emotional core. It's hard to describe because mm. you, you think of Adam Sandler, you, it's not the first thing you think of, but it's got consistency across a few movies. So um yeah. Hmm. It's a, it's a good one. Yeah. I, I like it. <laughs> I liked it today and I would have loved it younger. So, mm. Well, on that note, do you want to pull a film out of the hat and we yep. can see what we'll do for next episode? What's coming up? What's coming up? It's going to be... <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> this is childhood for me. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, this is what I wish my childhood was. Yeah, I was, I think, like, <laughs> randomly was having a conversation last weekend with someone about, like, I, like, my obsessions as a kid when I was little was, it went from Thomas the Tank Engine yep. To Ninja Turtles. Well, that's where mine wanted to go, but mum wouldn't let me. Oh, because ninjas? <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. know. I'm not sure, but that's where I, my that's where my obsession wanted to go. Yeah, I think I had the, like, I mean, the older still, brother advantage helped yeah, me so much it, with all of that. Mine still went, took me down the Nickelodeon route. Um, yeah. So, oh. you know, like Rocco's Mon Life, etc. So, Perfect. Yeah, Perfect. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> but I, I, as a kid, like, I really liked the Ninja Turtles, but... Mm. Um, basically missed out almost 100% alright well <laughs> it's going to be interesting watching yeah, this one yeah. man I, I know I'm just I'm very excited <laughs> alright well I guess uh, thanks everyone for listening I hope you've enjoyed it um, yeah uh, I guess we'll tune in in a fortnight's time when we watch uh, TMNT the movie <laughs> the, the old one <laughs> yes <laughs> uh, for this week's episode I'm Chris I'm Eric and we'll catch you next time with your sister. Please rewind this cassette before returning it to your video library.